Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by GMIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Cyclone Insider. Of course, we're here on 1460 KXNO with our friends from the Des Moines Register. With Ross being out, um, I will be hosting Hawk Central tomorrow with Mark and... Chad, so you guys can look forward to that. It sounds like Ken O'Keefe's going to be on that program for, for you Hawkeye fans. Uh, we are up in Ames today for the Matt Campbell press conference as the Cyclones will be going to TCU this weekend, fresh off of first win of the season that came on Saturday over Akron. Break that down, and next segment we'll probably look a little ahead to TCU and talk some Big 12 football. What's up, Tommy Birch? Not much. How about you? Hey, just um, – a little better week here yes. than it was a week ago. Yeah. It was hard to do a lot of football stuff then. It's a little weird. It feels different this yeah. week. It feels more like football season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even the, the start of Saturday's game felt, you know, oddly um, different. And that guy, I would say, did a really good job with the, the pregame stuff. But, I mean, in my short time covering Iowa State sports or – just sports in general. I don't know if I've ever seen a pregame like that. It was really um, different not seeing the, you know, kind of the fireworks, the guys running out of the tunnel, the fans cheering, um, the entrance music, none of that. And um, I think, I think both teams handled it really well and um, did a tremendous job paying their respects. Randy Peterson joins us. How are you today, sir? I'm well. It, and I'm just echoing Tommy's stuff. I mean, it was – I had not seen anything like that since 911. Since yeah. the first games after 911. Which were, Wasn't that the Cyhawk game? That was, No, they ended up oh, moving No, they moved Cy-Hawk it to November. To November, yeah. 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 But the first games after 911, whenever they were they – weren't, they weren't that weekend. They were essentially the following weekend. But, yeah, I mean, it was – there was no hoopla before games or or anything like that. So I mean, this was very very reminiscent of it. Maybe re, you know think back to that as I was watching it. Do and you, Iowa State was good. They they didn't go over the top. It was just it was just perfect. Do you think that that um, had something to do with Iowa State's a little bit of a sluggish start to that game? You know, you get down to Akron seven zero. I mean, I, I didn't really understand <laughs> it the the day of. But going back and rewatching it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It probably did impact. Like these are human beings. There was it was a highly emotional moment. Probably did impact Iowa State's start to the game a little bit. Maybe, but you don't you, I, you don't think so? No, I don't know. I think it's just Iowa State's. No, not really. I I don't think so. I I, I think that they were when they got out there. You know, they. I know I know David Montgomery said it hit him when he was standing on the sidelines. I get that. Um. But I just think it's it hard was, as a it, human being to go from one emotion like of pure sadness to yeah. go out and hit somebody. I, it's it's definitely got to be a, hard for an 18-year-old kid. I mean, for us, we're thinking of it as, as grown adults. But, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with Pete. I, I, I get both sides of it. I think it's, it's definitely tough to just kind of flip the switch. But you hear guys say all the time, you know, um, kind of – the the situation we always hear is you know butterflies they get the butterflies out of their system after the first pass after the first catch first tackle 
So I think a lot of that kind of got out of the way early on in terms of, okay, it's time to play. Let's get going. And for me, the slow start kind of pertained more to just some boneheaded things that Iowa State did. You know, a dumb penalty by DeMonte Ruth, then DeMonte Ruth getting burnt yeah, he had in a the blown, corner. Blown coverage How much do you think he's going to play the rest of the yeah. season? Yeah, he's, he's probably uh, – I mean, that one, sucks he, for him because he's from Dallas too. It was a yeah. big yeah. opportunity. To, and he's been in the doghouse before. Yeah, I mean, and, so. and then you've had the fumble by Tariq Milton. I mean, to me, it was a lot of low mistakes as opposed to, um, you know, maybe feeling the the impact of that. But who knows? It, it it's It's something – None of us have experience and something, you know, Matt Campbell or Terry Bowden could have really prepared their teams for. Yeah, and, and Campbell would never come out and, and say that. I, I do think that there was a bit of a, a hangover due to it, and I don't blame I, – I just – but I think butterflies are, are different than, than that. I mean, when you have butterflies, you still have your adrenaline going. Absolutely. And, I, I mean, I was – I stood down on the field during that because I was – broadcasting it on on facebook live and like there i mean it there wasn't a person down there without a tear in their eye you know regardless let's let's talk football we we spent a lot of time on that last week and and rightfully so pete what stood out to you about that game on on saturday with iowa state are you uh, more of a believer in this team less a believer in this team indifferent or yet i'm still a believer in the team but i'm not i i don't share everybody and I mean everybody because I've heard people say that the Iowa State offense is, is getting better. Well, maybe statistically it's getting better, but it's not near as good to win. It's not good enough right now to, to beat a lot of teams in the Big 12. So that's, yeah, that's my that. takeaway. I mean, Matt Campbell was enthusiastic after the game, and that may be a stretch, but, but um, I, did, I didn't see it. I did not see it. Um, it, it, it know, was, David Montgomery me- is – I don't know. Maybe Jake Campos meant more to that line than we thought. To me, when it comes to the Iowa State offense in that game, this game kind of felt like what we would have saw during the South Dakota State game. A lot of almost... I I, I like where you're going there. It almost seemed like a very conservative approach. Like, okay, in the first half, the game plan was obviously get David Montgomery going, get the running game established. No matter what happened... Iowa State was going to make sure they got out halftime doing that. And after they did, um, then you kind of saw, I don't want to say the game plan really changed, but, you know, then the emphasis kind of changed on not getting, you know, keeping David Montgomery hot. But Mm -hmm. it felt like the entire game, Iowa State felt comfortable with where they were. And the game plan was keep it simple, not do anything crazy, play a ton of people, and just win that game. You know, to, we. I'll oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. To me, I think what we saw in that <laughs> offense is nothing like we're probably going to see against TCU. I agree. We, you know, we've we've all talked about how Iowa State's been playing more players. Mm-hmm. So I went back and looked at last year, the first two games. Did you? Okay, let's let's hear it. They played. They played more players. Last in year. the first two games last year than they played in the first two games this year. Right. So is, that, so that, Pete, is that special teams, too? Oh, I don't know. I'm just going off the participation okay. chart. I mean, it's, it's yeah. apples to apples. Yeah. Well, going off the participation chart. The only thing that's missing is they did kind of have that warm-up game where now you look at the first few games of Iowa State's schedule this year, it's Iowa, 
Oklahoma and yeah. Well, last year it was Northern Iowa. I mean, but so I don't yeah. know how much of a warm up that was, but but nonetheless, nonetheless, they're they've played more players the first two games last year and the first two games the year before that too. Because I was going to make a big deal of it if in fact they you yeah. know they they are I playing still, more players. Yeah, they're I not. still think they're, they're playing, playing a lot of people. It just may not be a lot of people compared to the last two years. And the way I kind of look at it is like, okay, year one was more about hey, we got to throw a lot of people in and figure out who can sink and swim. That was more of an information kind of gathering yeah. um, type move. Last year, I think you – I kind of factor in you did have that that first game. Where, yeah, I'm with you. And then this year, I think, okay, um, you, uh, you go into the season knowing more of your known commodities. When I say they're, they're, they're playing more people – or playing a lot of people, it's 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 a lot of people you still have to figure out roles for. I mean, guys that I kind of think about is like guys like Jake Hummel. You know Jake Hummel is going to help your defense, but in what role and how much in the Akron game, getting him some valuable snaps is probably a good opportunity to figure out exactly what you have with a guy like Jake Hummel, especially now that you've got Bobby McMillan who's out for the year. The, the one that – uh, a lot of fans didn't understand, and I'm not sure I entirely do either at this point was the quarterback, um, Purdy. Not that he played. I, I thought that he I, – I went into that game thinking he would play. I think – In the capacity that he did was a uh, – Pete was a – do you still – do you understand that yet? I mean, I know Matt's talked about it, and he certainly has a, in his head why he did what he did. Uh, I'm still – I'm still kind of up in the air on that one. He said before the game that 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 um, Brock Purdy would play. I, yeah, I heard we, him. We all you know, thought it, that. Yeah, well, he, yeah, and and so I guess it was just a matter of when you get him in. Um, you know, and I it's I don't know if it had anything to do with with Kemp. Obviously not. And my initial thought when I saw it happen, I says okay, and I. I was on the sidelines when that happened. I think, and now yeah, I may have been up in the still up in the press box. But I remember as soon as he, as soon as Purdy went in for his two plays, I remember looking down at the sidelines and looking and looking for Kemp. Well, I was hundred thinking into my head then, okay, maybe Kemp's going to be out for a while, which that was a hundred percent wrong because he's going to practice on he you know on Tuesday today. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, you know, so that that's wrong, and he may get back and for Oklahoma State. I'm guessing he won't play this week, but. Uh, um, so I, I don't, I don't, he was going to get him in at some point. And if, if the, the, the curious thing to me was, it looks like he can use Purdy and Real Mitchell in situational things. If it's a throwing situation, he's going to get Purdy in there. And if it's a running situation, he's going to get Real Mitchell in there. So, yeah, I'm to still, me, I'm still surprised we haven't seen Real Mitchell. Yeah. To me. When you get into that situation, if you would have told me we're going to see a quarterback besides Zeb Nolan in that situation, I thought for sure it would have been Real Mitchell because that would have been a good opportunity for him to kind of stretch his legs. And even what Matt Campbell said after the game in terms of he thought Brock Purdy gave them, I think he said, some mobility too. But we really didn't see it. And I don't know. I mean, I, I still think at some point we're going to see Real Mitchell. I just don't know when. Maybe oh, yeah. I'm sure this we'll weekend. Him. But I still have kind of of the mindset that that was a telltale sign that, hey, um, that 
since Brock Purdy was in the game, that lane in the game, in that type of situation. That one touchdown lead. Tells me, I don't think, you know, obviously Kyle Kemp, he's not going to be back this weekend. No, not I, at all. I don't think he's going to be back next week. I don't either. I don't either. But, and I mean, he's, pra- he's, he's going to be he's practicing. It, what I mean, what I guess I took away from that situation is that Kyle Kemp is still a couple more weeks right. away from – from playing. But it's not a season, which I thought it could have been a season thing. Sure. Um, but and I know MCLs are not season ending. They're four to six. I get that. But it's definitely worse than what they had led on to believe early on because – Is it? Um, I don't know. Yeah, you said I mean, MCL that, right from the start. Yeah, but they said, okay, we dodged a bullet. It could be much worse. I mean, yeah. Campbell even said that first week of, um, of the Oklahoma the game that, hey, it's day-to-day. Well, it's – I mean, it definitely wasn't day to day. No, um, inter- the the quarterback controversy. Nah, I don't want to call it a controversy. Conversation will be sparked here for the next few weeks. That's for sure. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Uh, when we come back, more Iowa State football chatter with Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson. We'll specifically uh, really look ahead to this weekend's game at TCU. We'll touch on some of the other storylines around the Big Twelve. When we come back, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register. On 1460 KX. Everything you need to know about Iowa State. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G Migs Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, guys, welcome back. Segment two as we begin hour three tonight here on 1460 KXNO. That's the six o'clock hour. Uh, Cardinals coming up after this. Um, Iowa State and TCU will go out at six o'clock on Saturday night. TCU opened as like a uh, 10 and a half. 12-point favorite. Just depends on where you look. Here's where I am on this, and, and there's so many conversations to be had about the offense and, and where Iowa State was going. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Tommy. I'd be shocked if you see that type of a game plan that you saw against Akron if, if Iowa State came out of that on Saturday. Nonetheless, there are questions to be asked about the offense, and the, if, you, if you're a big believer in this offense right now, it's nothing but blind faith. We haven't seen him perform consistently even last year they weren't a consistent offense my i'm going to drop this to you guys though the iowa state's defense will have them in every big 12 football game this season including saturday's road trip to tcu saturday will be tough though because it's it's um tcu quarterback likes to move around a little bit he Um, does um he's averaged 6.5 yards a carry I think I was a ton of carries. I think they they actually want him to carry more. But when I look at this game and the Iowa State defense and the TCU offense, I think this has the makings to be a possible Iowa State upset because you look at Robinson, he has turned the ball over a ton during some costly times. He's had some bad uh, interceptions, some costly, uh, you know, fumbles. It's a TCU team that's imploded in the third quarter of the last two games. Iowa State's a team that, one, has played well, really well defensively, and two, John Haycock's defenses have kind of generated a good reputation for getting turnovers. And ever since Matt Campbell has come here, that's been usually the difference maker between Iowa State winning or losing. So the fact that you have a defense that is known to get turnovers and an offense that has already been plagued by turnovers. Looks like a good matchup from that aspect for Iowa State. Not going to win unless you get some points on the board, though. And exactly, you can't do it with, all with with Connor. 
it, no. It's it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys got to listen to Sage Rosenfeld's analysis of the offense on Saturday last night with us. But what Iowa State did against Oklahoma, the game plan was entirely different. If you if you watch it back, they it it, it was like a different team that what they were trying to do out there. And and I'm I'm fascinated by what happens on Saturday. This is the most interesting aspect of this game. Because last year these two teams get together and it's a total defensive struggle here in Ames. It was a great win for Iowa State. But Iowa State's offense sucked in that game. Yeah, David Montgomery I, couldn't move the ball at all. I'm wondering, like, do you try and win that way? Can you junk it up against TCU? What's Gary Patterson thinking? Or do they go with that Oklahoma style of offense where we saw Zeb Nolan go out and throw for damn near 400 yards. This is a crazy chess match coming up on Saturday. My thought is somewhere kind of in between both because, one, you want to be able to keep their offense off the field as much as possible, so you want to grind it out. But I do think we're going to and we're gonna see a ton of short passes, you know, um, slants, stuff like that, I think, from Zeb Nolan. That's all my guess. But I think we're going to see him take more shots downfield. I mean, the way I look at the Akron game was – it was almost like that Iowa State offense was operating like don't lose the game. Just hang on to the football and win. Whereas against Oklahoma, they were more in attack mode. I think they're going to be more in attack mode this time around, but they're still going to operate within that safe offense, but take more shots. Peterson, this um, this, this sophomore that we're going to see on on Saturday night, is supremely talented. I, I find it interesting to watch the Texas game back. Um, Todd Orlando has, you know, been very open about the fact that they took a lot of that dime look from what John Haycock was doing to these Big 12 offenses a year ago. Young man Robinson struggled with that Texas defense on Saturday. Do you think that that's a plus for Iowa State? Oh, I think it's a, a huge plus for Iowa State. He'll struggle. He won't have a great game. But I'm I'm also looking at the fact that the TCU has lost two games in a row. Mm-hmm. When's the last time they've lost three? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't have the answer. Is that, that. It may have been last year. Uh, over your years of doing this, I, Jeff Woody and I had this conversation um, on, our, on our pregame show the other day, and I don't know what the answer is to it. The like, And we had the conversation last week. Oh, well, Wisconsin's coming to Iowa, but they're coming off of a loss. Is that a good or a bad thing for, for Iowa? Like, Do you buy into that type of a conversation anymore? I buy into it in the fact that if you've got two losses in a row, you're making some changes. Yeah. You're making some changes. And if you've lost those games, you're probably not changing it for the worse. So, and the fact that it's at home and the fact that Iowa State beat TCU last year, um, you know, I, it's Iowa State's, you know, we know, we know what we know. We know Iowa State's going to play wonderful defense. That's a given. That's a given. We know that 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 Sean Robinson, the quarterback, will will do his stuff. They know that. But they don't have another. But their other running backs, I don't. You know, I'm not that impressed. Or their running backs, I'm not that impressed with. I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. 
you can talk defense all you want, but it's gonna this thing comes down to 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 Iowa State's offense also. Iowa State's offense has to do something. In the red zone, Iowa State averages one point eight yards a play. Yeah. That ain't gonna yeah, cut it's it. Really bad. That's not gonna cut it. It's really bad. One point eight yards a play. That's ridiculous. Last year they threw that fade pass to Lazard all the time in the end zone. I don't know whether Purdy can th- can throw it. I don't know whether Butler can catch it. I don't know. But we've we've seen it a couple of times, and we've seen it not work. Yeah, and it comes down to again. I, I think a lot of that when you when you shorten that field and everything gets tighter. But you've got a six six receiver. No, I know. But I'm, point being, why the average is so low. Uh-huh. Whenever we've seen this for the last three years, whenever you know Iowa State's going to run, the line hasn't been able to get much of a push at all. How many third and shorts has Iowa State missed yeah. over the years because the line when, – when when the defense knows, Tommy, that you're going to run, a lot of that comes down to just pure manpower, and Iowa State hasn't had it. The good thing for Iowa State is even though they haven't had it on the offensive line, they have it with David Montgomery yeah. who, who can shed those tackles. But it it's, obviously speaks volumes that he's had massive trouble even being able to do that. But – you mentioned third and short. I mean, you go back and you watch the Akron game, that's probably the biggest problem with Iowa State offense is they just didn't have those opportunities very often. They were constantly in third and eight, third and nine, third and seven, third and ten, you know, just long third down situations where you're constantly making yourself one-dimensional as an offense where you're having to key in on – Akeem Butler all the time. And against Akron, that's going to work. Against the Gary Patterson defense at TCU, that's not going to work. So to me, those are kind of the biggest issues with offense so far is they're putting themselves in bad positions early on in the downs. I think it works. I mean, I think I think Iowa State needs to take its shot, so they need to go back to that to that fade thing in the end zone, and it's got to start working. I'm looking at the, the heights of the of the um, TCU secondary, 5'10", 6 foot, 5'10", 6 foot. Traditional. Butler's at least six inches taller than those guys Yeah. with a, with a wingspan of Kelvin Cato. You know, we always talk about comparing Iowa State to Kansas State, right? And that's what, sure. what Matt Campbell is striving for. I almost think we've all missed that. It should be yeah. TCU because TCU doesn't – they don't recruit at this – insane level now they've gotten much better over the last three four years but this came to me randy when you read off their heights they're not recruiting generally elite guys they're not because they develop patterson's one of the great developers in the history of college football and and that's why this is always a game where iowa state even if you're undermanned and you're an underdog you it's always a game like Kansas State, there's a reason why if Kansas State's ranked fifth and Iowa State has two wins, it's generally a close game. It's because they're not athleting the hell out of you like Texas and Oklahoma generally do. I love this matchup. This is one of my favorite games every year, TCU versus Iowa State. and I, I think this is the program Iowa State should really strive to be like. Yeah, which is why it is so Defense important. Defense first. For the, and, yeah, but that's why it is so important for Iowa State – to do all the little things right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of what I've written about after the Akron game was there were so many tiny mistakes that added up to making it kind of a lot closer game than uh, it really felt like against Akron. You're talking about, obviously, the fumbles by Tariq Milton. And, yeah. um, 
They couldn't um, finish a drive. That was Jr. the problem. Uh, the kickoff by Chris Francis that sails out of bounds. You know, uh, that one to me is what screams uh, big time wonder for Iowa State more than anything because field position is immensely important for Iowa State right now when when you're talking about having a good defense because this is this is going to be the first big test for Iowa State's corners um you know this season i mean they they've got two really good wide receivers besides Turpin they're going to test Iowa State's corners so field position is going to be really important for the defense it's going to be extremely important for the offense given we haven't consistently seen that Iowa State offense move the chains. All right, so, all right, boys, we're we're, we're kind of running low on time here. I want to make sure. sure and get some Big Twelve stuff in. Um, I, I'm I think Iowa State keeps it close. I think this is like a three to seven point loss for the Cyclones on on Saturday night. What do you guys think happens? I've, you're, I'm probably with you on that. I think Iowa State has to. Split. This is a tough tough. We've talked about it a gazillion times starting back in the spring when we saw the schedule this is this is the toughest stretch of the year this yep. is the stretch that will define what Iowa State must do the remainder of the season um I think Iowa State needs to split at least split these these two games on the road and then come back and face a top 10 West Virginia team and play as good as you can and then get back into reality yeah so I think Iowa State probably um I think I think this is I, I think Iowa State's matchup is better against Oklahoma State than TCU. Twenty four seventeen Iowa State. I well, think. You're picking the upset. Yep. Wow. That's a first. You've yep. seemed very skeptical this whole time, and then you just came out with the upset. Yeah, I mean, I, it's mostly basing it off of the idea that TCU has shown that it, it I, the last two games it's stabbing itself in the foot. I do think that Iowa State's opportunity here will be that quarterback making bad mistakes. Exactly. And, He's and made some really bad ones. The turnovers will be the key. Iowa State has to turn them over, but when they, when they do, it comes back to what Randy was saying. I mean, you've got to be able to punch it in the end zone and quit, quit kicking field goals. All right, around the Big 12 um, – Randy is is Texas back? Yeah, I think so. I I, I do. I I um. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> the, it's just, the Big Twelve needs Texas yeah, to be good, they, and it's more interesting. And and love or hate Tom Herman, he's an interesting and back guy. Back is relative anyway. You know, it's just a matter of Texas living up to what their fans expect its fans to expect its team to be. And I think they're in that direction. Boy, they looked impressive the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I was I was really I was really impressed by them. Tommy is is Texas Tech for real. I don't think so. I mean, I need more. So you must one. just really think Oklahoma State sucks then. No, I think Oklahoma <laughs> State just really struggled during that game. I mean, I I don't I, think I, they're very good. I I think they're good. I don't think they're great. They're certainly not. A I finally have a little validation though because I put them at I think seventh on my Big Twelve ballot this yeah. year, and I thought I was going to have to eat crow after they beat Boise. That made me feel a little better. Yeah, I mean, I would have had them five through seven somewhere around there because I think all those kind of spots are interchangeable but for me to really have faith in texas tech i gotta see it for more than one game they haven't proven that they earn the the benefit of the doubt you talk about texas being back now it's two straight games where you're like okay that validates that this is a pretty good team that i mean i I look at texas i'm saying that's not only a great defense but they've got a quarterback that's turning the corner i think and proven 
hey, they can beat some elite teams week in and week out, possibly. Texas Tech, I'm still kind of wondering if it's just one of those, I don't want to say perfect storms because Oklahoma State, like I said, is a good team but not great. Peterson, the um, the Red Raider defense held uh, Oklahoma State's quarterback to 47% completion percentage on Saturday night. I don't. I don't know what you can Only tell because of that. Because we, I think it says as much about the Oklahoma State quarterback as it does about the defense. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. So because I, if you if you watched Tech the week before, Houston was just scoring at will on them. Yeah, and Texas Tech is not gonna. It's gonna. Okay, their defense. He's gonna is go six better. and six and save his job he's, just like every year. He's, he's, <laughs> exactly, and he probably already saved his job. That was a big um, win for him, yeah. no doubt. I mean, they can't. They can't fire. Cliff Kingsbury at this point. I mean, one, it's going to be so tough to fire him in general, but now that he's got kind of a marquee win, I guess, this season, if they tease a bowl game, that might be good enough for them um, to for him to keep his job. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's where I kind of feel with that. Can we stick a fork in uh, Bill Snyder's Kansas State program? Some of us stuck a fork in that one long time ago but yeah yeah they're playing just as like just exactly like i thought they'd play they're not great no they were people thought they're highly not even of, good people thought highly of them um based on on bill snyder um and i He's you know you've got to see you've got to see through that stuff you do. You really have to see through that stuff. Yeah, he's lost. I'm not saying he's lost his touch, but but the recruits are going elsewhere. Um, yeah, it it's just. Um, you know what did he say last week? I, I can't coach a team that, yeah. that averages that can't get six yards or six he was, inches. He was very upset. That gets six inches. That's not Snyder. No, I mean we've never heard him very say anything frustrated. like that before. But so and that was neat. I'm glad he said it. Um, love quotes like that. But still um, a bad omen for Iowa State that they got to face K State at the very end of the season. I mean, they aren't I mean, they aren't a good team, but they aren't going to be this bad by the end of the season. Gentlemen, um, appreciate your time. You got anything else to add? Because we, we just want go. to rave about Army. We gotta, we gotta you go. Do? Yeah, well, yeah. We damn near pulled off that upset. Yeah. But, but nobody g- could watch it. Yeah, nobody. But, well, but give Oklahoma it illegally. Stream it. Yeah, give Oklahoma some credit though. I mean, please, you don't practice against a junked up offense. I mean, so to win, you just, when you're playing Army, you just try to yeah. win that game. Um, um, Matt Rule. Baylor coach on the teleconference yesterday said Army plays that death by inches offense and he's exactly right you you play them you hope to win the game and then get the heck out of there and, and you never have to, to um, plan for that again. Oklahoma's going to the playoff. Without, they're, they're, they're a good team. They are. Alright uh, for Tommy Birch, for Randy Peterson, I'm Chris Williams saying so long